Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Out of Character with Jupiter and Cotton. Say hello, Cotton. Hello, Cotton. Jupiter, <laughs> no, no, shit. We already need a get it button. This is going to be... No. The, the title of this episode is Downhill Fast. You that, get the edit button. Only I get the edit button. Oh, last time I got a hallelujah in there. And I was like, the edit button works? So it, so it does, it does exist. Because I that addition. Because I gave the okay to put that in there. Well, now I feel less cool. I thought I had the power. <laughs> I'm sure if you if you really talk to him, you can get him to do stuff for you. But that's right. How do you bribe a Canadian? I don't bacon. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Faithful syrup. <laughs> but he does a great job for us, and that's all that matters. So shout out again to Grafa. Indeed. Hey, Grafa. So you had to come up with a list of five. I came up with a list of five characters we see in movies or TV and convert them. And I say into NPCs because this is a thought exercise that I think is really good for GMs to do. But it's horrible. And I know there are some people that agree for a player to take a character from a movie or TV show or book or anything and try to build a character to play that's just like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I pretty much agree. It's a, it's a an obvious temptation. I mean, what what are we doing if as GMs if we're not shamelessly ripping off the media that we enjoy? Exactly. Like, right. I mean, Jesus, it's you got to steal stuff. So but I mean, it's, it's bad for a player to try to do it because obviously that that character in that movie, TV, or book or whatever has the power of plot. Right. I mean, they have to always succeed. They have to do these things. Otherwise, you know, it's a terrible, terrible show. So it, you can't really build yourself a PC in that way. But I think for a, a GM, it's a good thought exercise when you watch a show to think, all right, what would the group consist of? Who are these people in the story? If I were to convert this into a campaign, what would be the NPCs? What would be the level of the group I would need? That kind of thing is what I'm thinking when I say do this mental exercise. Right, so you're thinking about characters and how you would convert them into an NPC, into your standard 5th edition kind of medieval-ish high fantasy setting, right? That's kind of mm -hmm. like what you're – okay, interesting. Well, it's not just high fantasy, though. I mean, okay. there's some – like, all right, so let's just take a very, very obvious one, Neo from The Matrix. Right. I'm going to build that in Shadowrun, and he's going to be probably a technomancer who's got so much karma – by the end of it, the end of the trilogy that we, we you know, he's not even playable at a table. So I think Neo is a great example because he's on my list. I've talked <laughs> about this with a friend of mine, and he actually made a, made a great argument, which this friend rarely does. I hope he hears this podcast. And, uh, <laughs> but it th 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 moved me. So what class – tell me about your Neo, right? Paint me this. Or should about I – yes, like you should, you, yes, it's like you should take my It was just a uh, – I, I think oh. – I think he's more of a technomancer, given what he can do and the extent of how he can affect the, you know, the Matrix, the computerized world. I think right. more so than a hacker. So I'm going to go with a technomancer rather than a, a decker. And I'm, it's totally SR because it's it's a dystopian future all the way. Right. And, it, and it, he feels it. It's not like it's a... He's not on that Decker level. He's on that, like, you know, hold out your hand and the Matrix moves. I mean, he's probably mm – -hmm. you would have thought Technomancers were about Neo if it were if – if the Matrix had come out in, like, the 80s or something. So, mm -hmm. okay. 
I was thinking in terms of D and D because that oh, okay. to me is a harder stretch to take okay. this character. Okay. And like, well, Neo's cool, but I'm playing D and D. Well, how do I like cram this guy? <laughs> how do I fit round peg into square hole? Yeah, I wasn't gonna round peg square hole anything. I mean, I'm gonna put it in its proper place. I'm not gonna build Neo high fantasy. I'm gonna build Neo in SR. See, or, you just gotta use brute force shoehorning. Well, let's uh, hear how by... you did it. Let's <laughs> okay. Hear how you manhandled Neo. Two ways. There's two okay. ways. My idea was Monk. You have a Monk. Because Neo's very sort of like, as he grows in his power, he's very chill. He's sort of emotionless. Kind of makes the character less interesting. But it would be a cool yeah. NPC. Okay. This sort of stone-faced, oh, totally at one, kind of taking the long view of things, somewhat detached, somewhat aloof, which is a role that Keanu Reeves can play very well because he is uh, about 40% wood, uh, which is fine. We love Keanu, but he is he is wood. The other way I was going to take it, or that my friend argued, was Druid. I was like, man, this is cool. Take Neo. This guy is totally in his element. As you said, Technomancer. He's... Putting his hands out and manipulating the Matrix. Well, that's his forest. That's his world. You can take the exact same character and have them be this kind of a, a druid. I mean, that's sort of the same thing. Hold out your hands, manipulate the environment around you. You live and breathe the environment around you. You are of that world. You are sort of crossing over. Druids are kind of they kind of become more you know bestial or nature. You know, they if it's a fungal druid or whatever, they like grow spores and they look like the environment that they live in and protect, and they, they become more physically related to it. They, they sort of cross over that line, which is what Neil was doing. He was kind of crossing over from what humans were doing to kind of, like, really in the machine, like, one with the thing, and he ends up, like, merging with uh, you know, spoilers, uh, <laughs> you know, merging with Agent Smith, and it's sort of this, he, he, there's definitely a loss of humanity there. He becomes more wooden, he becomes more plugged in, has more of this interaction on that side of things, less interaction on the human side of things. So in the same way a druid kind of loses some of their humanity, Neil kind of lost some of that. So you can make a druid this kind of this character who at one point had more humanity and has now become, quote-unquote, a big deal and is now in this weird position of power but not institutional. Neo's never the president. He's never the leader of anything, of any army. But he's this weird central power, aloof, doesn't really want to be there, but will kind of, you know, not, he's not, people don't usually think of druids as, say, a party leader. You know, they tend to be more reclusive. That's Neo. He's not really a leader kind of guy. At no point does he really, at no point does he really display leadership, like inspiring people to go above what they would normally be able to do. Very, you know, so right now, my initial reaction is I am offended on behalf of all druids <laughs> everywhere for the things you have just said. Well, I can make it a lot worse. Like, oh my god. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can talk some shit about these tree-hugging hippies. Let me tell you, you what. did? Just, wow. <laughs> they aren't leaders. What? <laughs> they don't inspire. What? <laughs> they don't. Like, they oh my god. Don't. They tend the to be like, you know. Druids. I was like the one guy who cheered for Smoke and Fern Gully. So maybe I'm not the best source <laughs> of Druid information. Wow. Feel free to unoffend I'm going to go with your monk. I, I'm, I'll, I'll go with your monk. I'll go with that. Because by the end of the trilogy, I mean, he, he pretty much a one with the universe demigod kind of status. And I can see that with a monk. I, I'm there with you on the monk train, but I am not on the, the 
the druid bashing train with you. The, okay, what about the not? If you take out these quote unquote negative in quote aspects, no, of no, it. no, I don't see it. I don't see him as a as a druid. No, I, I'm just totally totally out on the druid aspect completely. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm with you on monk. I can see that, but I don't see druid. I think that's really, really okay. But even, even as warning. I thought it was a cool argument. I have a soft spot I, for the great argument, and I would love to have that discussion with your friend who had that thought. But then I would raise <laughs> all my points, and I'm sure he didn't bash druids like you did. Well, I do. <laughs> oh, was it just a druid we... party in the south? Okay, I get it. I that's that's how we do it. You know, forestry <laughs> is a big it. industry here. <laughs> And the trees don't <laughs> cut themselves, you know. <laughs> My God! Oh, All right, so shall we? Shall we move on? Do you want me to go? Do you have that you wasn't even one uh, of yours? That was kind no, of mine. That was an example, and it was one of yours. So let's go with the one that started this whole thing. This you made a statement that caused a, another knee-jerk reaction to me, which is apparently what we do now. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you know, if you're good at something. <laughs> if you're good at something. <laughs> Instigate fights. Okay. Yeah. John McClane in Die Hard. <sighs> yeah. So it's it's got to be a fighter, right? Like we're not. I'm thinking fighter. I'm not thinking, like some people I think could go, oh, paladin. No, I don't think he had that much of a moral compass. Yeah, he wasn't I, motivated. I, he was there. Yeah. That's why he was like, like, that, like the terrorists are fine if John McClane was like late from the Dairy Queen across the street that day. A paladin would have gone in that building. Yeah, <laughs> the cop outside was your paladin. He just never made it in the building. He didn't go in the building. He's not a paladin. Yeah. But if you had He's a Carl group, Weathers, or whatever if you his name had was. a group of people who were going in to do a heist, let's say Shadowrun. They were going to go into the Nakatomi building and they were going to pull off this heist. This is what they had to do. John McClane is your the GM's NPC fly in the ointment. How are you going to build this guy? Oh. He's going to be a Sam. Oh my God. <laughs> what an awesome, horrendous idea that you've had. <laughs> you're going to you're gonna John McClane the Shadowrunners? Yeah. Like the Shadowrunners? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Here's how you do it. This you is have why to, I say this is a mental exercise as a GM, not as a player. First, you have to put this guy because the player, most players are not needlessly cruel. I mean, uh, well, <laughs> to Mr. Slack, but to the point where they would not put John, like John McClane in the movie was never supposed to be in this situation. He was, it was an accident. They probably yeah. would have been happy for him to just leave, mm -hmm. but his wife was there, so he couldn't. Anyway, so the point is, you either Spoilers, have the same. Everyone. Yeah. So, yeah, sorry, sorry for spoiling the <laughs> 1989 movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, you have to either have something or have an NPC who's important, a target of the of the heist, and then have the husband or wife, significant other, whoever you're going to be shoehorning into John McClane this day, because it could be, you know, Josie McClane, you know, mm -hmm. you, gotta, you know, so whatever. Have them there, so they're not important. John, Josie, John, you know, not important, but they are. Related to the person who is important. So the NPCs have no option but to antagonize this individual mm -hmm. who is going to badassify their day. Mm -hmm. Or alternatively, and I think harder, is have them trapped without a, without being able to get out because that's harder because the NPCs can just let the person go. Mm -hmm. And you, and that, that defuses your your thing. So you don't want to do that. So yeah, you would you would have the, the NPCs, or the, the, uh, the, a target NPC... Gets in trouble or is is has to be abducted by the NPCs or held or something, and you have this guy there, and you make it clear in some type of lore drop somewhere mm -hmm. that 
they're just there visiting. You know, you visit your spouse at work. It's a thing you do. You're, you're, they, were, they were bringing him lunch. You, see, you come by and you see Dairy Queen, like some used Dairy Queen wrappers on the, on the table or something. Mm-hmm. And then you've got this guy contacts him somehow through a comm message. Mm-hmm. Uh, like his wife hands them the, this guy the runners the, you know, her comm link or something or directs a message to them. And this guy's saying, like, you know, I'm coming after you basically. And I would say, impede their mobility. Whatever way they came in, you want to cut that off to where they have to find a new way out. Because I think that makes it more difficult, and and they're going to be going over ground they don't know. And then you just have John McClane do John McClane things. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got vents that'll be kicked open. And then how do you deal with a guy who's mostly in like an air duct, firing off automatic rounds? Yeah. <laughs> Shit, it's not easy. And then they just retreat. So you want to hit and run. You want mm-hmm. there to be traps. <sighs> yeah, you you want things like, yeah, like like traps, things that will slow them down, ambushes. And they have to have a way to get out, much like our terrorist in the original movie, which I believe there was a helicopter. There's always a helicopter. But the point is that, is that <laughs> you're going to have the police cord the building off, and the players have to have a complicated escape route. So complicated which, escape route. Yeah. Every, every Shadowrun table I know, believe me, they come up with a complicated plan no matter what. Right. It's never simple. So, yeah, but I think it would be good to build yourself as a GM, build yourself a little John McClane. With some good shooting ability and some sneakiness in there, and and yeah, he's the guy that's just gonna you know be the fly in the ointment of this heist of whatever yeah. this team has to do. Constantly, constantly harrying them as they attempt to get out and deal with whatever else is in the building, and 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 you could highlight this by making the other impediments rather paltry in comparison, like three or four guards that are pretty normal, and that's fine. And then like John McClane by himself pops up an air vent and unloads automatic fire. And you just want it to be a grind as you as you sort of almost kind of like a this is a, a bit of a shoehorn, but kind of like Black Hawk Down, where there's an A where you are and a B where you're safe. And you just have to get there. And it's only like a mile. So on a good day, 20 minute walk at worst, you know, and it's just a brutal, brutal, brutal travel from the 50th floor to the basement escape or from mm-hmm. the basement garage to the chopper on the roof. Now, you said earlier in another episode what's launched this entire thing was that John McClane didn't have any, like, he would be, like, level one. He's not, I'm like, he's a tw- like a 20-year veteran on the police force. Of course he's more than a level one. He has skills. He has many skills. He would be up there. And as far as, like, if you were going to do this in SR, yeah, he's he's not going to be a beginner runner. He's not he's going to be somewhere in between beginning and prime. I I would give him some. I would give him the middle ground. I was under the impression you were doing, we were doing D and D, where like anyone who's okay. not redonkulous is level one or lower. But yeah. in Shadowrun, I and I, I'm willing to agree with you in D and D. But in Shadowrun, I like I, I emphatically agree. This person is uh, I wouldn't even say Street Sam in the traditional sense. This guy, if we're going to bring in John McClane, don't. Don't just stop or or deal with cyberware. You want edge. You want to just make your players' minds break. You want this guy with seven edge minimum, maybe eight. Absolutely. If it's John McClane, if you yeah. actually come out with the like, this guy's name is like you know Mon Jaclane, or you know like it's an obvious homage. Mm-hmm. This dude will have will be a human and will have eight edge. This is correct, okay. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and every time you're like, okay, cool, that's some nice dice you got there. Very, very, yeah, yeah. Blah! Get wrecked. <laughs> like he's going to, you know, his shooting skill is like four, five dice. Mm-hmm. But we'll be rolling eight edge today. 
mm-hmm. eight times. Which, that, that is going sense. to break. <laughs> that makes sense because, yes. you know, he caught a lot of lucky breaks. So, yeah, I, I, I absolutely agree. Yes, you're going to give him all the edge you can give him. Yeah, definitely. And then I the second he you and like your players. So one of your players are gonna be so pissed off that Edge <laughs> is being used against them. Like, I'm yes. sorry, Edge is our resource, who is this asshole? And it's gonna be almost entirely Edge making these bullshit rolls against them that they will call bullshit that are indeed mm-hmm. entirely fair, copyright. Uh <laughs> <laughs> so and then after this asshole finally the the, the players through sheer, sheer willpower have ground down the edge pool. Mm-hmm. At that point, he just he just like pop smoke and runs, or deals with it. Like maybe you have the final confrontation, maybe you don't. But either way, it's going to be great. Either they finally get the payoff of this annoying shitbird, or they make the deal that he wants and they, just to get him off of their ass, or he actually succeeds and has just enough luck and edge to keep making that one or two more rolls and then leaves. He's not dedicated to killing the players. He just wants his wife back or whatever the hell it is. You know, it could be his favorite yeah. stuffed animal. Yeah. He could be crazy. Make a, you know, make, <laughs> make like a weird neckbeard version. He's trying to get his waifu back. And I don't know, like <laughs> whatever, whatever you can sell. Let's go on. What's your next one? So one of my favorite characters from all of fiction is... Atticus Finch. And maybe we shouldn't spend too much time on him, but he is a soft spot. So I got to give him a. He's my paladin. When I think, what is a paladin? What is lawful good? This guy, 100 bajillion percent. Atticus freaking French Finch from To Kill a Mockingbird. He is. He is. Paladin on that. Yes. That's what I. Because I love. I have. I love paladins. That is who I played in World of Warcraft. That's where I. That's where my heart is. And that's where I. It's just. You know, paladins are the kind of people who can be self-righteous and die on any and all all molehills. That's me. So, or at least I aspire to be that that I guess stand up for what I think is right kind of a thing. I don't know. I, it's a soft spot, I admit. And that is Atticus Finch is the guy. He is good backbone of iron, but still believes in systems, institutions, the law, and argues within their context. And to watch him, watch the Gregory Peck version is just sort of like a symphony to me. It's just this beautiful thing. And that's who I want to be, the paladin in my world. That's who I want to have as like the boss. Like I've always wanted to play a paladin in D&D and be a part of an institution. Most people, most people don't like them. They want to be the rogue, the Han Solo. I want to have a boss. I want to be like kind of Catholic churchy. You know, <laughs> kind of like there's, there's an order and I am like, you know, badass but peon level in terms of making it rain. And then over time, like, worked my way up that ladder. I think that would be really cool to roleplay that. Yeah, but we're not building PCs, sir. Right. But you're it, the person who would be the boss, I want to be, in my head, this Atticus Finch-like character. A good, morally good person. Like, where's the conflict then? Unless, like, unless it's an evil campaign. Most of your players should be on board with the majority of that ideal. Because the there's the legal aspect of it in the institutional part, and in that you kind of have to deal with the world as it is, not as you wish it to be. Mm-hmm. So that sometimes involves making moral compromises you don't like. Mm-hmm. And that's just a part of the system. So there's this idea that powers any and all institutions and any type of form of order, which is that you sometimes have to suffer a wrong thing happening that is noxious to you. Because if you don't, you're going to have something worse. You're going to have chaos. A lot of systems and people understand the good. 
They don't understand or appreciate order. And it's fine to have a character or be a person who doesn't do that. But it's also fine to do that. And you, the conflict is that you have this boss who is going to tell you not – like you, you go to some society where uh, there's something horrendously horrible happening. I don't know. Uh, like what's, what's, what's a morally odious or noxious thing that could be happening in a society? Who knows? Maybe they do like, like a human sacrifice. Once a year, they have some weird-ass human sacrifice to some god. And, okay, you don't like it. Well, do you have the power to crush this entire civilization? No. So what are you going to do? You just kind of have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. You don't like it. You hope to change their way of thinking. Maybe you send missionaries. Maybe you don't. You know, But you can't just go in and just be like, that's wrong, and I'm going to fight it. Like, a lot of people play paladins that way. Like, that's wrong. I throw sword. Sometimes you just have to just swallow your pride and swallow your tongue and, and realize this is not how we do things. Mm-hmm. This is the cantina from Star Wars, and even though things are messed up here, we don't get to just impose our way of thinking, even though we know it's wrong, because we could have a giant war, kill a bunch of people, and you'd have poverty, strife, disease, warlords, chaos, so you can't. So sorry there, Sergeant Paladin, PC. Mm-hmm. You don't get to, you, you are here by order to, to swallow your pride, deal with this noxious individual, and I'm telling you, you can't do a thing you want to do, which is take his head off. All right, so then on my list, I have a paladin, and my paladin is Michael Corleone from The Godfather. Okay, we have different ideas of paladin, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> we have, we've taken a little, little deep here, a little, little... No, uh, <laughs> it's a belief in what... It's, it's a firm belief in what you feel is right. It is your lawfulness. It is what you believe good and right is. And this was a man who was willing to do anything and everything to protect his way of life and his family. He felt he was right. He was just in a world that had a lot of enemies. I, I would argue Michael Corleone as a, as a paladin. What, but what is the lawful or even institutional or, or – hey, is it maybe, maybe it's the kills he had to do. He didn't like, I have to kill this person. I have to kill my brother because if I don't, I will appear weak. And in my weakness, there will be he chaos. He had to kill his brother to protect his family. <sighs> You're kind of making a good that, argument. It's really also, good. You know, like, what do you mean? What's this like? He dealt with a corrupt cop that he had to shoot in the restaurant. He dealt with another corrupt gangster who was trying to push in on his territory and force, a, force them to do drug sales. And he had to take care of him. Otherwise, it would have hurt his family. He had to take care of it. It wasn't like he was bad and they were good. They were all bad. He just had to protect his way of life, what was good, what he believed was right. Yeah, we just we just have different. It, 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 you're talking about good and right. I get you. I get what he believed. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm not objecting okay. in the way you think that I am. I don't think I'm not saying evil good. Be, I'm not saying paladins have to be the morally righteous. You know, always land on the right side of morals. I'm saying a paladin can be whatever they f- can be true to whatever they feel is right. That's that's where I disagree. It's not the okay. it's not the evil. My other paladin was Thanos. I have Atticus Finch and Thanos side mm-hmm. by side under paladin. Okay. It's not about good, not really. Okay. It is about what you believe to be good, but also order. You there's got to be an institution, an order. I'm doing this because chaos is bad. If mm-hmm. I don't kill everyone, I'm not killing everyone because I'm a madman. I'm killing them because the world will the universe will starve. And I'm doing this because it will maintain order. I'm trying to maintain order, and I'm going to do things that I know are wrong that I would not otherwise do. Because if I don't, 
chaos is the enemy. Uh, Tywin Lannister was also kind of on my list. Tywin is a son of a bitch, but he really does care about order. He does know that in order and chaos, in disorder and in chaos, comes all the evils that one can imagine. So there is there is not just what you believe in or that crusader spirit. It's that that uh, it's what I feel is often missed. It's the appreciation for some kind of. It could be a terrible order, mm-hmm. but the but it's it's gonna be a person who doesn't like chaos. A barbarian could say, "I'm fighting for my family," and be right. But where's the institution? Where's the long view? Where's the tree you plant that will, whose shade you will not know? That to me has got to be a part of any paladin. So good, you think evil. Are just about order? No, no, no. It's it's order, and it's a absolute belief in something, in some type of moral code. So you have a moral code that powers you. Yes, the Cosinastro. Yes, but yes. and 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 so Michael, I'm not saying I actually agree that Michael Corleone okay. could be one. Okay, I would, he made decisions not just about his family in the immediate sense of like must defend family from gun, but he made decisions based on will this make me look weak? Not because of his ego. I, I really never felt like much. There was some, but it was a lot of it was if I don't do this, I will appear weak. If I appear weak, I will be attacked. If I am attacked, we have internecine war. If we have internecine war, we have assassinations and blood in the streets. So by me killing this person, which I'm on the fence about, I, maybe I want to, but what's really going to push me over or what's a part of that equation is if I do this, it will lock in my power. And my mm-hmm. power is not just important to me in terms of wealth and prestige, but it maintains order, and order is safety. Even if it's the tyrant, it is by maintaining this order, I will I will make things better because otherwise mm-hmm. chaos will come and we'll have conflict. While a person less interested in that might welcome it, they might even they might kill that person anyway because they want to, but they might relish the chaos, the maelstrom, the combat. They might yearn for that age. They might look upon a world locked in in either a a a, a, a tyrannical order or a truly just order and not and just find themselves out of place in either one so that's 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 it's not just order i'm saying that's an aspect of it it's got to be 10 percent, 20 percent, something it's got it's got to have a taste of order otherwise you're a person who believes i mean pe- fighters have beliefs all kinds of people have beliefs and have families in the rant sorry <laughs> so. no uh, uh thanos was a madman completely he was mad thanos i i don't i don't see paladin on that one I see a crazy person. And as it's but, been pointed out to me... Paladins and, and craziness but, are not... I know, I know. <laughs> but as it's been pointed out to me, Thanos has all this power, the snap of a finger, and the, the one way he figured to solve the problem of a lack of resources was to wipe out half the population, which over time will still rise up to that level because of, you know, procreation and multiplying and all that. Well, that's, Whereas he could like have... Thomas wait, let me, I let you rant. You shush. Sorry. Oh, oh. He had all that power at the snap of a finger. Why didn't he just make resources infinite? That's because the writers are bad. I mean, oh, like, I see. It's dumb. No, you're right. It's, it, it, it's <laughs> no, dumb. No, that was pointed out to me. Like, he has all this power at the snap of a finger, and his biggest thing was, I'll just reduce all living things by 50%, but in over so many years, guess what? That's going to rise again, so you didn't really solve anything. Yes, Thomas, you're right. Thomas, you know, the, the, the Malthusian economic argument is indeed bad. 
which right. was his underlying principle of, mm-hmm. of overpopulation. You're, you're right. But it, it, but craziness, you know, it's the true mm-hmm. believers you have to worry about. Like, who was <laughs> it? Whatever the guy in Spain who did the Inquisition. That guy did not just do the Inquisition because he was kind of an asshole or because he had an ulterior motive cloaked in religious fervent. He really believed that shit. Mm-hmm. The, the, the corrupt and the bastards, they may take your money. They may not run things well. But they're not going to kill, like, everybody, generally. But the true believers, the ones who can subsume their conscience to what they believe to be right, those people will kill a lot of people, and they'll go to sleep at night like a baby. The true believers are the crazy ones. I mean, like, paladins are nuts. They're kind of nuts. They are crusaders. They're the people who will go and say, well, I mean, it sucks, but we have to kill all these people. I mean, sorry, (laughs) y'all. You got to go. (laughs) You're average. uh, We have Psychotron and Leal listening and leo pointed out that in the comics in the comic book thanos did everything he did to and you know to get the attention of death to 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 basically you know woo a girl to impress a chick that kind of thing so the movies are are different just i just want everybody who's listening to not let us know that we already know there's a difference but we said movies tvs so i I, you know. They're right. I mean, they're not. They're not wrong. It was the writing was even worse. They tried to take it and like make it better, but you know, it's comic books. You kind of was like, I guess. But they're, but they, yes, that is true. It was just about <sighs> just impress a girl. The things we do. <laughs> you know, maybe you could have bought a cool car. You know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it just couldn't have been such a Chad. Maybe it would have. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> All right. Do you want to? Do you, are, are you up? You got one? No, you're up. Go. All right. All right. All right. All right. I like this. Artificer. There's two. And I, I want it's, it's about the vibe here. Tony Stark and the Joker. Both of them are different flavors. Have that as an NPC. Your Artificer. Yes, you can do the gnome with the goggles who's kind of nerdy. And, mm-hmm. you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? You know, like, yeah, you know, I, I am Wilfred you know, Wilfred uh, McKenna logs and I just like my sprockets and I've got my goggles and I'm kind of adorable grandpa, kind of sort of old minor stinky Pete vibe. Toy Story 2. Anyway, yeah, don't, you don't have to do that. Like Tony Stark is 100% an artificer. None of his shit makes any sense. It's all completely based on magic or nanobots. I'm sorry. Yeah. And you can, you can bring that, that, that cockiness, that swerve because inventions are cool. Even in medieval times or in Shadowrun, same thing. They can be an inventor and the, the the scientist with all the buzzwords in the language, but also totally cool, you know. Give them and give them maybe the alcoholism vice like old Tony Stark had in the comics or mm-hmm. in the in the actual movies, the PTSD. Mm-hmm. They can be a fully fleshed out cool character, or you can have and this is a little bit more stereotypical, the nut job like the Joker who likes bombs and explosives and. Gas dispersal units, all of his shit's mechanical and weird and shouldn't work, but does. You can have the Mad Bomber character, which is a bit cliched, but also cool and fun, and I have a soft spot. So there you go. That's my, you know, flesh out your artificers, your your artificer NPCs. They often make cool toys. It's a great way to give one-offs to your players. Like, hey, you need mm-hmm. to take this, you know, bomb to collapse this pillar. It's a one-use thing. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very often to have that NPC, the kind of like, you know, here's a... The, uh, a MacGuffin you need to deliver, right? So, mm-hmm. I, I, in fact, just introduced uh, an NPC that is an artificer. God, is it like is it an adorable gnome who sounds like no, an? No, <laughs> I just introduced him in the Monday Night Game. Monday Night, the one that I'm in, we had an artificer. <laughs> the one that you're in. 
God, the guy who's the guy. Oh, I didn't know. I just thought he was talented. I didn't know that was. A... I just thought he was talented. Well, you guys didn't even bother to ask the man his name. That's how much you care about other people. Uh, he didn't know my name either. So and I'm his boss. So like, cut me. Oh, my character. I was a whole damn orchard and, and he didn't know my name. It's like, you didn't know his name. Well, fuck that guy. I pay him money. So that's, I look at the checks. That's how I know his name. fun. Yes. Now, Tony Stark as an art- artificer. I don't know if I agree. I always think of Stark as more of a bard. Really? Yeah. I don't know. He didn't inspire anybody. Bards are like the story and the power, and they bring you he up, and they, they amp you up. He amps up Rhodey. What? That's a bit. Captain America's a paladin. Tony Stark's a bard. <sighs> we, oh. we just, we're just on different sides. Okay. All we're right. going to have to find about it. I'll all give right. you one. We Since we're in the Marvel. It. We're all marveled up, I admit. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. All right, so that's... There's some great characters there. I'm sorry. They are. I, I actually thought about... I'm, and, I, and I love Cap. Maybe he's a... He probably is a paladin. He really, he, he really is. I tried to make a cool argument. Like, he was on my list. I was like, I want to make some cool argument, but he's actually a fighter. And mm-hmm. I just didn't believe it. You ever make an I'm argument and you listen yeah. to it? You yeah, he, he is. Yeah, yeah he's it's, it's who he is. It's... it's I am Groot. I am Steve That's Rogers. how I like, know that's, that's the guy. He's Steve that's Rogers. How I know. Yeah, he's my least favorite one. That's how I know he's a paladin, because I don't like a paladin. <laughs> <laughs> At least so a goody-goody paladin. I'll tell you a bard. I'll tell huh. you a bard. I got one. All right. Ferris Bueller. That's a bard. This guy has yeah. all charisma all the time, always, and always brings his party up. He's not particularly strong or powerful, mm-hmm. but he brings positivity to literally everyone in that town like people are asking his sister do you know you're the you're ferris's sister this Mm -hmm. guy is just a walking wave of positive (laughs) energy based on charisma and to top it off at the end he illegally jumps on a parade wins everyone over has everyone dancing and singing as he sings a song to a crowd Mm -hmm. construction workers who were by the way not Paid in the movie, they were just those are real construction workers. Fun movie fact that heard the music and began dancing. Such is the power of Matthew Broderick slash various Bueller. To me, he is the ultimate bard. That is that he he embodies it. And so you, fair you know, oh oh fair GMs out there, could how do you bring that to an NPC? Well, your bard is usually going to be what? What's the most stereotypical bard? Bonk horny bard jail bard. Uh, the one that I'm playing, pure stereotype. I don't care. I like it. Leave me alone. And uh, maybe some type of, you kind of like take the piss, as the English might say, with the guy with the feather and the weird cap and strumming his lyre, like, bling, and being like kind of the butt of the joke. But what if they were kind of young and cool and hip, and they were the kind of guy everyone liked? The guy who comes into the bar, like, like the really popular guy at high school, not because they're a jock, but just this great guy. <laughs> who comes yeah. in, hey, how you doing? And like, you know, never has to buy his own beer, mm-hmm. shakes everybody's hand, always gets the girl, never has to put anybody down. Just this walking beacon of positivity that just rolls through the place. You can make that NPC and then have this mm-hmm. person who's now the coolest person in the room, which kind of puts the players down a peg because they're not the folks. It's like, oh, hi, it's very hi, man. And, like, like, and all the players are going to be wondering why you're making a big deal of this guy. You're bringing the bar to life. Maybe they can dance and hang out with this guy. Who knows? But you can do anything at that point. You've you played this guy. They're gonna kill. They'll, okay, they'll kill no. him. You have a beacon of hope and positivity. They'll go. Something's <laughs> wrong. Kill it. We're gonna snuff that shit out immediately. That's exactly what any table any table I've been at. That's just kill it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
We're going to follow him outside, <laughs> wait till he gets to an alley, and then we're going to shank him. Okay. He didn't do anything to you guys. The order of motherfuckers is, is therefore adjourned. Click, click. Yep. Murder. <laughs> the minutes read to murder Ferris. I've, I've, I've been at a lot of uh, murder hobo tables, and I've been to a lot of uh, tables that just feel <laughs> that positivity is a sure sign of something evil is amiss. Must kill. Yeah. The secret ingredient is murder. All right, well, I've, <laughs> I've ranted for a good bit. All right, so so give me a good NPC. So you, Come on, hit me. Oh, on that one still. So you um you threw out Tywin Lannister. What about like a Jon Snow NPC? That brooding NPC that just knows stuff. He's a good fighter, a little bit ranger, but he's that brooding NPC that you're like. Ugh. Yeah. So why would uh. I put him in my game? Like, why, why, why do I want to put? I, why would I want to like make myself eat? Tums before the game that <laughs> like and it, no, i don't know i get why would you i guess you could make this person so you can make fun of them so make this ah. make a character who looks cool so uh-huh. you meet the you meet the young lieutenant commander guy and he uh-huh. looks dashing uh you know he's got the sword in his hip and he's skilled and he's good but just immediately after he's impressed the players and fought alongside them He's just this complete broody, sad sack, kind of a yes. loser. Quite you know? Everything we just did was it right? What was it right? And you I said don't we know. And <laughs> he's got a tenuous grip on himself, and 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 it only finds himself in. And so it's a weird situation. Usually, you associate cowardice with somebody who would not fight. This is a person who is like rock solid in a mm-hmm. fight, and yeah. in every other instance, it's just a complete whiny ass punk. And it's going to be a weird thing. We're like, God, we just, it's hard not to make this into a, you know, you want your players' power to be highlighted. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to navigate that perfectly, but that, that's, a, that's a weird dichotomy where you appreciate what this guy can do in combat, but God, Jesus Christ, you hate this person. And it's not because they're evil or <sighs> lascivious or creepy. <laughs> they're just, God, they're just insufferable. And you just wish they would shut the fuck up. Like, just I shut mean, the fuck up. <laughs> it'd be a good NPC to, like, rally. Like, hey, they're they're in town. They're trying to rally an army to go fight this big bad evil, and it's you know it's it's going to be the hook to to hopefully your players will go for it. Like, all right, yeah, let's go. But the whole time they have to deal with this broody MP- NPC. <laughs> but they're probably like this like, is just some some sadism coming out. I don't want to torture my players. Riches, they're they're promised these riches. They're promise that they're on the right side of history here that this is a big bad evil they need to defeat it but they have to endure the broodiness god you would have to have this guy start shitting me holy avengers for me to put up with him for more than about two sessions (laughs) (laughs) god god (laughs) it's hard to build an npc because you try to make them interesting with like a neat story and like Jon snow has a good story I, you know, it's great. He's, he's been on a lot of adventures. A lot of things happened to him. It's, it's I just great, you tell people. but can you put up with it? And and then like, but and that's the thing. Your your players will, for some reason, they just like they the if they they have a a a reaction that it's either 100% great, they love it, they want to adopt it, or it's 100% bad, kill it. I never want to see it again. And the NPCs that haven't gotten to an end of that spectrum yet, they're still waiting. They're still waiting to gather more information to decide. Yeah. 
I, I, I get it. I, I would just tell people don't put Jon Snow in your game. Like, don't oh, no. put Jon Snow in your game. Don't play Jon Snow. Don't well, play. <laughs> don't build a PC that's Jon Snow. That don't is play awful. Jon Nobody Snow. wants that. Don't don't build a PC that's Jon Snow. But I still think as an NPC, it'd be cool. Now, I think the better one is Tyrion Lannister, the dwarf. Uh-huh. He okay. would be a great NPC. Oh, yeah. To just I kind mean, of, you know, he's fun. He pours around. He drinks. He's, he's, you know, he's a good time guy. He's smart. And, you know, it's a great way to, like, deliver some hooks. But then eventually he could turn on them all. Who knows? I think he'd right. be an interesting NPC. But I don't know. What would you make him, though? Like, is he a bard? It's not a Does fighter. he... Does he? I think he would be a bard because he's always bard. interesting. He he had he always he didn't sing, but it's uh-huh. more to a bard than just do they sing. It could be literally any form of entertainment. And he was a raconteur. He was he would sit you down and tell stories and hold uh-huh. court in an interesting and amusing way. Uh-huh. You know, this is the kind of guy you want at your dinner table, and would enrapture everybody. I will say it will be. I think it's it's a pitfall. If you're a GM mm. and you don't have Peter Dinklage charisma, it's a, <laughs> it's a thin line between like that and the most neck beardy, <laughs> like cringy shit. Like he goes, and he has sex with more whores, and uh, and then he laughs about it. Like, yeah, if you look at the shit, he yeah, but Peter Dinklage is so cool. He's, like he yeah. nails it. Yeah. But like, if you're not like if if you you might you might be biting off more than you can chew. And the actions yeah. that you described them, like you don't ever see it. Like we know that Tyrion is out, you know, banking prostitutes, but you don't like see that, and you don't see all these prostitutes doing like weird shit that we worry about now, like being real. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, hey, I have to go bang this dwarf, or like my my kid can't eat. It becomes fucked up. So like, well, don't... you don't have to get graphic about it, but I'm just saying he's he's charismatic person and i think you know knowing that I, I think the players would i think the more an npc has personal faults the more accepting pcs are of an npc if they seem too perfect or you know without any faults then they really don't like them so i think if you yes. have an npc who it drinks and goes out whoring they can identify and relate a little bit more and are more willing to take what information or hooks he's able to deliver to them yeah but if you build an npc that's just pristine and you know has never done anything wrong is oh it's just perfect not a hair out of place a glinting smile they're gonna go no i don't like it it's too shiny i don't trust it yeah rub some rub some dirt on your pcs NPCs. NPCs. (laughs) give them some yeah yeah i'm a little broken so your people can identify with them I got you. Do you have anybody else on your list? I I, I got. What's this, we're talking about broken characters. Mm-hmm. How about like a ranger based on Rambo? A lot of ranger. You think standard ranger? You kind of think of a lie to build, not like bulked up Rocky. But why not? And he had a yeah. bow, and he was all messed up, and he was a Green yeah. Beret Army Ranger, I think. And so mm-hmm. it makes sense. You can have a ranger who is a little a little messed up, and he's kind of out in the woods, or she's out in the woods. Because of some horrendous shit that happened, they were in this war, and it was bad. They left their trees, or there they were this kind of like a general naturey scout survival person. They got a little messed up, saw some shit, and now they have found a job or employment, or or just live out there in the in a forest, 
doing the ranger thing mm -hmm. and they ha may have anger issues this may be a person this this very like closed off dour quiet kind of scary person and they this npc might warm up to the pcs but they still might have a hair trigger and go to mm -hmm. anger a little too fast might be mm -hmm. a little unstable maybe some noise sets them off and you can see that that this person really isn't completely in grip of themselves but they you like know. him anyway, and they like befriend him a little bit until that one night where he goes to this little village and just raises the damn thing. And you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you doing, guy? You can't just go and murder people in a village. And he politely explains to them that they mistreated him one day and they deserve it. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say have Rambo kill anybody because it makes it easy. Well, he's I mean, he's killed people. He's got to go to jail at least now. Maybe he like, you know, burn something down and gets to a fight. You know, goes out drinking, probably shouldn't have, does. Maybe the PCs convince him to go and just loses his shit and starts going back to Nam and just starts yeah. beating the shit out of the barkeep. And so this is not unsolvable. It's really bad. And it puts That's the PCs in a position where they have to deal with this guy. And he's a good guy when he's not a fucking rage machine. But to the PC who just has face beaten in, in front of his wife who was in the back making chicken pot pies, it's a lot different. And that's just a way to introduce conflict, introduce some tension, some tension, maybe your PCs. I mean, that's that's a cool, weird space, I think. So I, I like that because I, I want the NPCs to meet somebody. I want the PCs to meet an NPC that they like. They start to like them, but then they slowly over time start to see there's something wrong with him. And like, you know, it's little bursts of anger. And but then they, you know, kind of rationalize that away. Who knows? And then eventually he does something horrific, kills somebody, murders, beats the innkeeper, whatever, Ter terrorizes a town, a village, doesn't make a difference. But then they have to go, oh, my gosh, do we just walk away and, and just go away? Let him go back to doing whatever he's doing. We can just leave him alone. Should we get rid of him? Should we kill him so he's not hurting others? Do we go turn him in? What do we do? Because, But it only works if they like him, even just a little bit. Do they like him? And then it, and I think then it's a good way for a GM to let the players kind of know without actually saying it. You know, everybody you meet is is a fully formed person. They they are not you know two dimensional. They're they're fully formed people with you know faults and and good qualities, bad qualities, and some issues that they're dealing with. And you need to be careful on everybody you meet. Don't just take everybody at like face value. That could get really interesting. Like now, now I want to bring this kind of character in. I have to figure out how to get them into my game. Because, you know, <laughs> and depending on how crazy you make it, maybe they just cause some trouble. Maybe they go full bore, like you said. I think mm -hmm. if they kill like eight or nine people at that point, you can pretty easily be like, yeah, he was a great guy, but no. <laughs> no. At that level. No, no. But let's say he gets to a drunken bar fight mm -hmm. and kills a guy semi accidentally, some kind of like manslaughter type of deal. Mm hmm. That he got to go to jail at the least, right? So maybe you have a situation where you have to bring this guy in, and it's a situation where the players can be sent to go deal with him because they have the capability to do it, mm -hmm. and maybe they're able to talk him down. Maybe they're not. Maybe they have to kill him or or take him by force, but not lethally if they have that ability. But it's a rough spot, and they do so. And they have this guy who's their friend who they put in jail. Maybe he's okay with it if they 
you know, if, if it works out that way, maybe not. And then maybe they could even visit this guy, you know, or like re up his, uh, you know, his prison account so he can get, you know, the good chips. I don't know. But like ha- have that connection and, and it's messy. And I, I think that we want to put, if there's one thing I would ask people to take away from this that we should all work on, me included, is put some dirt on your NPCs mm-hmm. and let let them be a source occasionally of tension between what your who your party likes and what they value, which can also introduce tension in the party itself mm-hmm. as they come to different sides of that line. So I would go a little step further on that one. So I wouldn't I wouldn't outright say the party has to go and you know apprehend him take him to jail or whatever. I would say let them run into him like as they're just traveling, run into this NPC, they meet him, they befriend him, they hang out for a little while. Who knows? Maybe they're licking their wounds from the whatever they just escaped from. Who knows? And then that's when they see these things happening and they can decide. Do they turn him in or do they just walk away and just let him go about his life? Now, they can do whatever they want, but if they decide to walk away and let this guy go about his life, I will then make that come back around later when they start hearing how this guy's on a rampage and slaughtering people. And they could have stopped it earlier on, but didn't. Man, the dark night of Jupiter, everybody. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But I do it in a fun way. (laughs) Oh, dude. Okay. I, I was worried. You're in my game. Do you feel mentally tortured? No, but you haven't done anything horrendously fucked up yet. Like, <laughs> like maybe now I'm just waiting for the shoot to drop. <laughs> I have done it in in another D and D game, and yeah, they had they they didn't make the right choice. They ran away like thieves in the night to just you know they were like, that's eh, not our problem. And then later on, things went bad, and uh, yeah, they were told they have to go back and fix it because they should have fixed it that night, but they didn't. So then they were forced to go back and deal with the lich, which they could have just dealt with a human, but they didn't. So then they ended up having to deal with the lich. <sighs> <laughs> you guys already have to deal with the lich. You don't even have to worry about that. You guys effed up from the beginning. <laughs> no, he's, he's, fine. <laughs> he's, he's fine. He's fine. He's that big bed that's way off in the distance. Don't worry about him. He is. I mean, Jesus. he does have that bounty out. Shh, don't spoil it for the others. He does have a bounty out on all of you now. Oh, my, my microphone, my my, my uh, speaker's jacked up for a second, and I thought you said bouncy house. I'm like, fuck yeah, yep. bouncy house. Woo! He has a bouncy house like, for you all now. No, yeah. it's, it's not a bouncy house. It's a bounty out. That's a lot less good. <laughs> no, no, he has a bouncy house for you. Go see him. He'll let you jump around. <laughs> I sold my soul for this, and it was worth it. Wee. Wee. All right, I got one more. You got one more? I got one more, and this I have Shadowrun on the brain because we're in talks of our side B for without a net. We were because we have a side B, right? We're running something in addition to whatever the main thing is, and right now it's without a fate. But we're talking about when that ends. What are we going to run next? And I'm toying with the idea of a Shadowrun, a little mini series, just a little one. And so I have that on the brain, and I thought of this character from Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Lizbeth Salander who was the the female lead in the movie and is basically the lead in the books. She is a hacker. And I think she's, she's, I mean, she's like prime runner level. She's lots of karma. But I think she's good to like be a force in the world to either, you know, they can draw on 
to get information or to get assistance from. Also, she is a force in the world that could get them jobs, accrue jobs, bring them in on heist. Former Dicker becomes Fixer or kind of, you know, dabbles, as it were. Maybe dabbles, but the jobs are, are it's, it's her job and she just needs to extra help to pull them off. So she brings people in. So not really. I mean, you come in, you work for her. But I think it's because uh, she's totally, I won't say devoid of morals. She has her own set of, she has her own code and that's it. She believes in her own code. Doesn't matter if it matches anybody else's, but it's her code. She believes in it. But I think she'd be a good NPC, like I said, to to have as a resource for a crew or to be able to bring a crew into some jobs. And I don't think they would ever, I don't think she would ever like betray them. But if they ever betrayed her, I think then it would be game on and she would be a force to be reckoned with as well. So a lot of things to go on that one. Are you familiar with the character at all? I know she has like a really crazy, weird goth haircut. And that's uh-huh. about it. Like, okay. I saw the previews for the movies. And now, <laughs> this okay. concludes the knowledge I have. Watch, I watch assume the she's Daniel like Craig, the Daniel Craig punky Craig. super hacker who, yeah. like, hacks all the things. And she's probably constantly underestimated by men. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, I'm like, when I'm not listening to Skrillex and uh, spending 18 hours on this hairdo, I'm, like, hacking all the inner tubes. And... All right. So she's incredibly broken. If you're not going to read the book. Definitely watch the movie with Daniel Craig, that that version of it, because I think there are two versions. Watch that version of it, and you'll kind of see this character and how she is and what she can do. It's a, it's, I think it's a really good, it's a good NPC, and I think in the movie, in the book, she's more the, she, I don't know, it's a, there, it goes a little more in depth in the books for her, but in the movie, they kind of just kept it, because, you know, they can't do everything. So they kind of just kept it as the lead story that the male lead, Daniel Craig, was dealing with. And we didn't get too deep into her, but we did see what kind of made her her. And I, I think even in, in the story, she's that NPC for that. If you were calling Daniel Craig's character the PC, she's definitely the NPC that is helping there. That's helping him get through the, the quest. But definitely, I got give it you. a try. It's disconcerting in some parts, but if I can watch it. And I read it, and it's way more graphic in the book. But if you can get through it, you're good. You're gonna be fine. Cool. But it's good. It's good. Good. Good recommendation. Fair enough. I can. I, I think I should probably go watch it. I, I do wish yeah, occasionally the hacker character mm-hmm. like didn't succeed. Like I feel like the hacker always. Like, I'm in. I'm getting the dates because otherwise, what the hell are they there for? There was some books by like John Sanford. These are totally like airport trash novels. And uh, <laughs> there's a character called Kid in some of them, who is a hacker, and he's also kind of like a thief. Uh, spelunker kind of like you know can do other stuff but that's the one real good thing he's he has he's a hacker but he's mm-hmm. not like the best at it by any means he's just like pretty good so whenever he can't hack something he just like breaks in he can pick locks he can mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. he's got a decent left hook or whatever you know like that's about it but it's, it's a bit of a jack of all trades but yeah the hacker character is always like the nebbish no physical ability guy from jurassic park with the shaving cream thing you know uh <laughs> <laughs> Play, played by uh, yeah. Wayne Knight or whoever it is. Yeah, it's Wayne Knight. Yeah. It's not that. this one. Not this one. This is not okay. her. I mean, I'll give you, a, she's she's a bit of a shut-in, but no, not 100%. But she's, definitely watch it. It's. I think when you watch it, you're going to go, yeah, I could definitely see putting that in a, in a shadow run. Putting that NPC in. Yeah. Cool. You watch it, you tell me if I'm wrong. I will go, I will watch it. I will do the thing. Okay. 
I will do the thing. This has been, I think this has been very edifying. This has been a good podcast. I think you're welcome, everybody. <laughs> I really, I shouldn't comment on my, this has been a good, we nailed it. I Woo! love the way you, you would just say, you know, hey. Yeah, I'm going to rate this shit five stars on Spotify. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. But uh, before we go, I just wanted to say that tomorrow, I hope, is a very happy birthday for you. You know my birthday? I do. Oh. What kind of a co-host would I be if I didn't know your birthday? Oh, I, but like, like, what was yours though? Like, uh, what? <laughs> what? Now we know what kind of co-host <laughs> I, I wouldn't know a birthday. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm shitty in like a general sense, uh, both narrow <laughs> and wide, narrow and <laughs> deep and you shallow. You just have to know one birthday, and that's your wife's birthday. That's the only one you got to know. That's right. That's, That's right. I got right. that one down because it's the. No, <laughs> I do not. I do not do that. Everybody. Just, yeah. <laughs> Please. Oh, Thank oh no! Goodness, not many people listen, huh? That that was a joke, and <laughs> it was, was not real, and so therefore that didn't happen. <laughs> Boom. Edmund. <laughs> 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 Yeah, do an edit on that. Thank you. Wow, I didn't say it. No, you didn't. You didn't. Probably a public record. It probably is. I just got to find it now. But yeah, wonderful. But yes, thank you everybody for listening to another episode. Thank you to Psychotron and Leo for hanging out with us this evening, and we will see you all next time. Indeed, thank y'all, and thank you all. Hasta luego.